Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. I just want to ask one quick favor before we jump into this episode. You know, I've been organically growing this podcast for over five years, and I need your help to keep the momentum going. There's two things you can do. One is leaving a five-star rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify is a lot easier. You'll see the rating button right at the top. Apple Podcasts, you have to scroll down the page a little bit, and you'll see a write a review button. Additionally, if you want to share this out with your audience on your social channels, text it to a friend or colleague or family member, whatever you have to do to pass this along to individuals that you find may need the help and may be looking to get started. So either of those things or both of you like would be appreciative so I can get this podcast out to more individuals and we can help more people get started and move in the right direction to a more happy and fulfilling life. So thanks again for your help and grateful to have you here on another episode. Let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Brian Ward, who is the creator and host of the Data Podcast. And he's a dad to two boys himself, now grown, and has built a brand around being the best dad we can be for our kids and our family. He was also actively involved in his boys' lives, not only as a dad, but also as a coach. And that's what inspired him to start the podcast, to bring on high-profile guests to share their experiences, tips, and tools that they have used as a parent. So I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Brian. And without further ado, please welcome in Brian Ward. Brian, good to chat with you again. Thanks for joining on the podcast. Awesome to be here, man. I've been looking forward to this. And, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for, for quite a while. You know, having you on my show, what was it, two years ago? Yeah, it's been a little while, ago. I know. It's been a while. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, but I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man, I'm glad we're finally able to make the schedules work. And, you know, because I've always been impressed with what you're doing with the show. You're, By the way, you're almost 200 episodes I saw, like, moving along yeah i think i think this week will be like uh i think my editor has like 100 and i think this is 177 or something so I'm getting there i'm what, getting what there. Are you but watching? i, I one only do one week? show a week one week yeah. yeah yeah it's uh as you know it's a slog you know i'm i think i'm at three like 30 or 40 right now but i also went for a period of time where i was doing like two or three a week you know mm-hmm. so i kind of ebbed and flowed over the last five years so it's kind of a but again it's that consistency you build in which i think you learn over time like okay that's the only way to do it right yeah <laughs> my editor has been trying to talk me into doing a couple episodes a week and i'm just like bro i'm I'm good with one <laughs> <laughs> well and, and obviously your focus is all around dads and you know parenting these the the youth of our world and and trying to improve that uh so i thought it might be cool to kind of chat around you know, there's a lot of folks. Um, I know you have two older boys that are they're out of the they're out of the net. You're an empty nester, right? Pretty or much. Close, I mean, close. my older son, he is uh, he's 24. He's graduated from college, uh, works in the sales industry, uh, making a very good living. Uh, he's just saving money because it is expensive for, you know, younger, you know, younger adults to buy homes and and we don't, my wife and I don't want him renting. We want him to buy and he's got a nice nest egg saved up, but he's still trying to sock money away so he can buy a home, but it's expensive. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's, he's dabbled in different things, like looking at possibly doing like a rental property or something in another state that he could, you know, live at or maybe rent out. Uh, so he's, he's looking at those things, but yeah, so he, he is living at home currently, uh, but he's, his goal is to be out this year. So we'll see. My younger son is uh, 21 and he is a junior in college. 
He's in Arizona going to Grand Canyon University, and he actually works for the um, San Francisco Giants. Mm. So his his degree is sports management, and he is currently working for them at their spring training, you know, their spring training schedule. So he's doing stuff with with the with Giants. So oh, nice. Yeah. And, you know, as we've talked before, you know, I have a 10 and a half year old, almost 11. So the kind of some span of ages here. And I, I mean, I want to talk today about obviously people that are just getting into parenting and kind of some things to help. But I'm going to like I normally do go on a tangent right away. Because you mentioned something about finances and money. This is actually something that's been top of mind for me. I'm actually curious to get your advice or what you've kind of learned. When did you or how did you maybe is the best way to say it present money and finances to your kids and educate knowing that a lot of this is not being taught in our schools was there something yeah. you approached them with in terms of educating them on money getting them comfortable with talking about money understanding saving investing anything you did yeah you know for, for us it started at a very young age because we are you know we we are and i don't know how many followers you have that are that are uh, you know live in a faith-based home but we're we're christians and we go to church and we taught our boys at a very young age about tithing and learning about saving their allowance that we give them on the chores that they do to put a little per percentage away for tithing reasons. And then we also taught them about saving for a special thing that they want, maybe a t whatever it is when they were younger, a toy or, or whatnot. Uh, those, have, those lessons are lessons that start, in my opinion... Now, listen, I'm not a professional, uh, you know, psychologist, anything like that, but I do consider myself a professional dad because I've been around the block quite a while, you know, with, with boys that are in their twenties. Now, um, those conversations are, can be fun to have when you're talking about money because kids love money, right? I mean, every, all the kids love money. Uh, and so those conversations can be fun, but they're ongoing. And those are conversations just like when you're talking about, you know, maybe drug use or, you know, sexual activity, those kinds of things. Those are, you know, ongoing conversations that you have with your children. And for my boys in particular, it's just something that we have always um, talked to them about uh, when it's stuff that they either want to buy or stuff that they want to save for, or maybe it's stuff that they want to just frivolously spend their money on um, those conversations were ongoing for us in our household. Uh, my boys understand it to this day. They understand the importance of saving. They understand the importance of uh, not just going out and, and going crazy and spending money on things that they really, really want. Uh, my older son is really good about saving money. This, this kid, I mean, he impresses the heck out of me with the, with how much money he saves and, and the way that he budgeted budgets, his, his spending. Um, he's just, he, he is, I mean, I'm just telling you, he's, I'm just speaking as his dad, but just saying how impressed I am with how well he understands the saving aspect of money, um, really understands the uses of money. Um, so you know, to, to answer your question really quickly, it's just all about an ongoing conversation that you have with your kids. And it doesn't have to be a hard conversation, uh, unlike some of the other conversations that you may have with your kids. Money can be an, a, a fun conversation to have with your ch children. And I think it starts very, very young. And when they understand, you go to the store with your child when they're maybe, you know, three or four, and they want the the gum that's on the, you know, display next to the register, or they go, they want a toy that's on the toy aisle. 
um, that's when the conversation starts, when they understand that, that, hey, you know, there's certain times that we can get these things and there's certain times that we can't and here's why. So those are just ongoing conversations you'll always have. And I'm sure that you've had those conversations even with your I've started, kids at yeah. a young age. So, Well, and I've tried to, I don't, I don't know how you've done this. And, and again, thinking back probably when your kids were, you know, in their early teens, right? And you're thinking you know, where, where things were 10-ish years ago. But like, what I found is trying to use money, like they'll get like a birthday gift or something and letting them know, hey, sure, you can spend X amount on this. But then the other, we're actually going to invest it and try. I, I've tried to start the conversation around like investing the stock market, like why this exists, like how the almost like how the economy works. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know if you've ever seen this. This is a slight tangent, but Ray Dalio did a phenomenal, there's like 30 minutes of how the economy works. And it's like an animated video. I would recommend everyone listening again, go check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but it's, it really is fascinating because I didn't, I watched a few years ago. I didn't even realize like, oh, that's why we get in recessions. And that's why, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, uh, in your interest rates go up and down. So that's anyways, that's an aside, but yeah, that's the one thing I've been trying is like, how do I start, you know, weaving that into conversations? Cause he wants to buy, you know, he's on Roblox now and wants to buy every, you know, every damn thing on that game. But I'm like, oh, you can't do that. That's just not how life works, you know? Yeah. Um, the other thing that you can try is, uh, kind of the, what I call the cooling off period period. And that's the, well, dad, I, I really want this game for my gaming system. It's something that all the, all my friends are playing. I really have to have it. And okay, that's fine. Do you have enough money saved for it? Uh, almost. All right, cool. Let's save that money. And then we can talk about, you know, you possibly getting it. They save the money. Dad, I've saved the money. I've got the toy. I've got, the, I got, I'm ready to go. I want to buy that gaming system. Okay, cool. Uh, let's wait though. Let's give it a couple days. Let's see, you know, that's that cooling off period, you know, give yourself a couple days to really think about if this is really worth buying. And that's something that us as adults can do even to this day, you know, for something that I may want, whether it's for the podcast or whether it's, you know, I, I'm an avid runner. So whether it's something to do deal with running or, or weights, uh, you know, whatever it is, if it's something that I really, is it something that I really, really need is, mm -hmm. the, is the point I'm getting at. And so I take a few days to think about it. There's, there's been a couple things that I have over the last, just the last few weeks that I've wanted to pick up and I've waited just to see how I've really thought about it and really want, if I really needed it. And there's a couple of those things that I've already marked off that I really don't need, uh, I can do without. So, well, I think it's, you know, the, the, the phrasing, you know, I've been using recently is like delayed gratification. And that's right. teaching the kids as well. And, and it seems like your your oldest is doing that really well. Like, hey, I want to maybe buy my own house or do an investment property or do whatever. Well, I can't just go frivolously spend this money every time it comes to my paycheck. I have to be smarter and think a little bit more ahead. So I think that's teaching. Right. And that's not just with money. That could be with a lot of decisions, you know, kids make, um, I think, to, to instill with them. Yeah, my older son, when he... Uh... When he got into, you know, kind of the sales corporate industry, uh, he was looking to buy his first car. Now, my wife and I's rules with the cars was we would provide a car for our, for our boys when they were in high school. We would buy them a new car that would get them through college. So we basically would lease them a car that they could they could use in college. And then once they get out of college, they can do what they want with that car. The lease is up so they can do what they want. They can either give it back and get a different one or they can keep it. And my older son... He wanted to turn his lease in um, and ended up getting a, a nice chunk of change back from it. 
uh, because he took care of it. And then he wanted to buy his own car. And, and he came to me for advice on, on the kind of cars that he was looking at. And, and we sat down and talked about a roadmap on what it's going to take for the car that he wanted, what it's going to take to, to own that car from insurance to gas, to maintenance, to the payments, all those sorts of things. And we had it all mapped out and he had it down to nearly the penny on what it would cost to own this car. And, and he's driving it to this day and, and has been fine with it. He's, he's driving a freaking nice Chevy Camaro. Uh, it's, it's sweet. <laughs> I wish I had that car, but uh, you know, he's, he's spending a, he's spending a dime on it, but he understands the costs that are associated with it. And he has taken care of it and taken care of his money so well that he's able to afford it. And uh, that was all negotiated. Like we sat down for two months before he bought that car. Uh, we sat down and really went through everything that it's going to cost to own it. And those are just life lessons that they have to learn. And, and like I said, it starts young. And my son was 23 when he bought his first car. And that was something that he wanted to have. And he's taking care of it and he's doing just fine with it. So well, it goes back to what you said about the, you know, the communication around whether it could be any topic, but is if we have open dialogue with the kids, if they feel like they can come to us with the, even the, the toughest topics, even like, because, you know, in a, in a thousand other simulations, right, there could be times where your son's like, eh, I'm not going to go to dad with that. I'm going to buy whatever car I want. And, but because you've kind of worked with him, you've had those open dialogues, it seems for, over the years, he's very comfortable coming to you and, and sitting down and having that hard discussion, right? And I think that's something that's really important is like not shutting the kids out, not thinking they know things like let them bring stuff to you and then have an open dialogue and a respectful conversation about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that my wife and I have been really good at when our boys, you know, as they grew up, we have always made sure that they understood that they can come and talk to us about anything that they're feeling, anything that's on their mind. I want them to have this, what we call our safe space, this home is their safe space to come talk to us. It could be something that they did wrong. It could be something that they're not sure what to do about. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that essentially my door was always open. And I told my boys because they're, you know, they grew up in sports. They always played sports. Um, I, I used the sports analogy. I said, look, mom and I are on your guys's team. We are your teammates. And if there's anything that's that you're feeling that you need to talk to us about, this is a safe space for you to do that. Uh, if it's something that you've done wrong, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I may be disappointed, but I will never stop loving you and I will never stop helping you through whatever it is, whatever the issue is that you need to work through. So I think that's probably been part of the part of the contributor to our open dialogue, the way that he, you know, both my boys can trust when they come to us and have something hard to say, or are just lost on what to do next. They know that they can come to me or my wife and talk to us about it. If, uh, if we take a little journey in the way back machine, you got to go back to before you're a parent or, or about to become a parent. Is there anything, I guess you would do not different, but like that you've learned now with the wisdom, you're like, ah, I wish I did that early on. So if we're kind of helping out some of the the young parents out there or people about to be parents, anything yeah. that's on your mind? There's, there's a billion things. 
that I wish I would have done different. Um, yeah, I was a, uh, I struggled as a young dad, uh, a new dad. Um, I didn't understand. Listen, when you are about to have kids or you just had a kid, a child, you don't really understand how to be a parent. We have, we understand how to be a parent from the, from our own parents, what they've taught us, right? The experience that we grew up in, the experiences that we've had in our own lives, and maybe the other individuals or the other parents that are around us. That's where you get your parenting advice or tips or, you know, that's where you learn how to be a parent. And for me, I was, I grew up in a household where my mom and dad love me. They're still together to this day after over 50 years. They're still together to this, to this day, uh, but they weren't super involved in my life. And I knew that I didn't want to be that type of parent. I knew that if I was going to be a parent, I wanted to make sure I was involved in my kids' lives, no matter what. In everything that they did, I wanted to be a part of. So I made sure that I did that right. However, there were sides of me, because I'm from the military, I, I was a Marine Corps guy. So there were sides to me where I was very impatient. I got hot or or quick-tempered really fast. Uh, and I did that when my boys were younger. And there were things that, the ways that I acted with them that I wish I hadn't done, or I wish I'd have known better that, you know, how I know now, I wish I would have acted differently towards them. Um, so those lessons I still think about to this day. Uh, have they impacted my boys? Uh, I don't know if they have or not. Uh, I haven't seen uh, really glimpses of it, uh, maybe uh, repercussions from it, but I wish there would have been things that I would have done differently when it comes to my patience, uh, my temper, things like that. The other thing that I did when my boys were younger is I was uh, just being open and honest. I was an alcoholic. I drank. I drank a lot. And uh, I was a functioning alcoholic. I had a, a fabulous job in corporate America doing very well at. Uh, I was coaching sports, not while I was drinking. I was sober, you know, when I was coaching and stuff like that. But I would come home in the evening and I would drink and I would drink heavily. And I think I learned that not only from the addiction issues that my own parents had when I grew up, seeing them uh, struggling with alcoholism, but also, you know, just being in the military, you know, I like to joke, they teach you three things in the military. They teach you how to cuss, they teach you how to uh, fight, and they teach you how to drink. Uh, so those are, the, those are the things I learned. So when my boys were younger, I drank a lot. And I found myself when my, when my uh, younger son was about 11 years old, uh, I found myself at a point where I was sitting on the chair watching TV and I asked my son to get me a beer out of the fridge. And he went and got me a beer. And it's been a standard routine for us. Uh, and I caught myself. It was just a moment that I, I said, wait a minute, what in the world am I doing? I'm teaching my kids about alcoholism just by the fact of them coming to me and bringing me a beer. And I didn't want my boys to grow up in that, in that household, that type of household. So I quit cold Turkey over 13 years, been completely sober. Uh, and it was just a thing that I did because I didn't want my boys to grow up in an alcoholic home like I grew up in. And so there are many things, like I said, patience, anger. Uh, I wish I hadn't started drinking or was drinking heavily when they were younger. 
those kinds of things I wish I had done differently. But I've, uh, I've learned through those struggles, those pains, I've learned through them. And uh, there, there are some things that are still a work in progress. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's the patience part of me, you know, I still have to, I'm still learning patience uh, with my family. Um, but that's, you know, that's part of life. And that's something that's going to be ongoing. Uh, I still mess up to this day as a dad, I mess up all the time. But it's just learning from those mistakes that you make and and learning how to own them and course correct. So wow, yeah, ton of things. <laughs> well, that I mean, obviously uh, that you know, congrats on the thirteen years, and that's obviously impressive to do cold turkey. I'm I'm assuming that was not an easy thing uh, to overcome. That what you talk going back to the temper for a minute, because um, there's some parallels with how I grew up and and my early parenting as well, kind of getting frustrated and and a lack of patience early on. When did you recognize, or I guess maybe feel like I have to change that? Did that come after the drinking that stopped? Or was that something earlier on you kind of recognized or picked up on that? Hey, wait a minute, I'm going down a dark path here. No, it, 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 I recognized it after the drinking had stopped. Um, but there were times where uh, I would begin to lose my temper with my boys. Uh, my wife was the level-headed person in the household, so we were we were we made a good team uh, when it comes to parenting our, our kids because she could recognize when my when my temper was starting to get elevated, and she was quick to come in and say, "Hey, you need to go take a break, step away from this for a minute uh, before you react in a way that you shouldn't." So I need you to just step away and let me handle it. So she was my saving grace when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, but that in those experiences, it made me realize that, listen, the way that we react to our kids is just going to cause more trauma or more issues. Uh, and so we have to learn to um, slow things down a bit, control our own behavior in order to teach our kids how to control theirs because in life when you're a parent more is caught than taught right so if you're teaching your kids that yes this is how you respond in a situation by losing your temper your kids are going to grow up with that same mentality and they're going to learn those behaviors by watching you as a dad or a mom by watching you and how you react to things whether it's with them or with others um, just the fact that they're watching you and everything that you do, that starts at a very young age. That, that is like toddler age. They're, they're watching everything that you're doing. So how you respond or react to things with our kids teaches them that's how you respond and react to things. So if you change that in yourself first and react the way that you, appropriately towards your kids, you're going to teach them those lessons. So um, yeah, th those kind of things I wish I would have taught myself or knew better when they were younger, but uh, it's uh, it's something that I've learned through the years. One of the things I wanted to um, maybe highlight or go deeper on if you're open to it, because you and I maybe come from different angles on this potentially, I'm not sure. So, you know, I'm divorced, you know, it's a single dad. Um, and one of the things you mentioned about being a team with your wife and, and kind of recognizing that, I'm curious if before you had kids or even early on, did you have discussions? Here's the reason I'm asking if I cut the change is because we never had discussions about how to parent together and to be that team. And there was a lot of confrontation when it came to those type of decisions. Did you have those dis uh, discussions with your wife 
um, at all? And were there like some boundaries that you put in place to kind of help you all navigate that process or, or not? You know, we didn't. Uh, we didn't have those discussions. We talked about being parents. We talked about having kids. Uh, we talked about traditions and things like that that we wanted our kids to kind of have in their lives, whether it's uh, the closeness with extended family, those sorts of things, and the traditions that are involved around uh, extended family. Maybe it's holidays and stuff like that. But actually how to parent? No, because my wife wasn't a parent. She didn't. She only knew from the experience that she's had in her own parents, just like I did. So we didn't, we just knew from those experience how to parent and how not to parent, right? So no, those are discussions that we didn't have, but we learned very early on when our boys were toddlers uh, or young, young kids, um, you kind of have to go by it day by day, if I could say that. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where you just have to learn, um, learn through the life lessons of, of raising kids on what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing to do. And you're, and you're going to stumble and you're going to trip over things all the time and still mess up, you know, as, as a parent, but it's just learning from those experiences. Um, when you really had those, you how to, sorry, Brian, when you had those, like maybe there was something, obviously it was a new experience for you with the, with the first child, second one, maybe a little different, but did you like sit down and have discussions about, Hey, this happened today. Like, I don't know, partly I think this comes yes. down to communication. Like you, you, you slowly started to learn how to parent together as you went through mm -hmm. some of these new challenges. Yeah, those discussions did happen a lot. Uh, those were things that, you know, maybe it was a decision that I needed to make uh, regarding one of, the, one of our boys. Uh, it was a decision that I always uh, talked about with my spouse and the same for her. If there was something a decision that she had to make, she made sure that she talked to me about it. So we understood that we were on the same page because if we weren't, then there was going to be some sort of disconnect with, with raising our boys. We needed to understand how each other thought and how, what our end goal was in whatever situation we were in. So those discussions did happen all the time. And we made sure that we didn't talk about those things around our kids uh, maybe it was something that they did wrong. Uh, maybe it was a, a major decision that we had to make for them uh, with respect to maybe schooling or something like that. Um, so yeah, those decisions did happen quite a lot. Um, I'll tell you a story though. We had an instance with my older son who is going to, he was a, a freshman. He just started at a, at a school, a private school as a high school freshman. And he was having a hard time. He was a month into this school and he was having a hard time at this school and wasn't getting along. He's a very social kid, wasn't getting along with very many students. Uh, it was getting kind of bullied. Uh, and we had to have a discussion as my wife and I went down to the school, had to have a discussion with the school and we weren't real big fans of how they were trying to handle it. And I had a, I had a situation come up a few days later where the school called me and said that they were gonna, going to, um, they had some suggestions for me with my son. Uh, and I was very frustrated with, I'm just kind of cutting, making the story a little bit shorter. They, the suggestions that they were making, I wasn't pleased with. I was actually very upset with. Um, and I told them on the phone when they were telling me this, I was at my office. My wife's, you know, she's a school teacher, she's teaching. So we we're completely away from each other. I didn't have time to talk to my wife about this. Uh, I said to the school, I said, do me a favor, get my son over to the admissions office. I'm going to unenroll him right now and I will come and pick him up. And 
it was a discussion that my wife and I had not had. Uh, we had talked about moving him to a different school, but we just hadn't, you know, made that happen yet. Um, and I had to make a decision as a parent for the betterment of my child and my wife's child, right? I had to make a decision uh, in the in the spur of the moment. And I got in my car that very second and drove to the school and picked him up from that school and he never went back. On my way to the school, I called my wife and I said, this is what happened. This is what I'm doing about it. And she she got upset because I hadn't we hadn't discussed it. She said, Brian, we don't have anywhere to put him. We can't just make this decision of pulling him out of a high school when we have nowhere for him to go. And I said, listen, for his benefit and for his mental health, we have to make sure we take care of him the best that we know how. And getting him out of that toxic environment is the best thing for him. And we'll figure out the school thing another day. We'll figure that out. And a week later, we had him in another Christian school and he thrived. He did just fine. Um, so those kind of things do happen. Uh, and that was just a decision that I had to make as a dad to protect my kid. And my wife understood, but she wasn't happy at first because it was a decision that we hadn't talked about. So yes, as parents, uh, my whole point is as parents, there may become times that you have to do something like that, where you have to make a decision for the safety of your child, you have to make a decision. And those times do happen, but the discussion does have to happen with your spouse. Is there anything where we're talking like an advice and there's so much advice, you know, that's the one thing, like <laughs> I have friends that are like, you know, they're having young kids and they're like, Hey, is there, you know, any advice or anything like that? I'm like, yes, the advice is don't take advice from anyone. Like no one knows how to parent and we've been doing it for whatever a million plus years, you know, in, in terms of the existence as we know it is as human beings, like, let's just, you know, whatever, let, let's just do it. You'll be fine. Um, but have it for, for a fun discussion. Is there anything from that you would share as like advice that was really helpful that you think in your parenting, or would you pull from your, you know, 180 plus interviews you've had with other dads, other parents, anything like fun or interesting that you're like, Oh, that was a really cool idea that they had that you would share. I'm just kind of, kind of curious if there's anything specific you would, uh, you would share. Uh, you're, 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 Catch you, you're getting me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> yeah, there. Parenting is tough. Parenting's hard. Parenting requires um, dedication. Uh, the one thing that I would say to a parent out there that needs advice on parenting is I would tell, a, if I was talking to another dad, as I'm talking to you, Brian, and you're saying, man, I just need some advice on, on what, I, what to do as a parent. The, the bottom line is enjoy it because the time flies. There's one thing that I didn't realize as a, as a young dad, I didn't realize, I didn't realize how fast it will go. Uh, it will go fast. I can remember when my son was a freshman in high school and now, you know, he's out of college. I can remember when my younger son was about to go to college and now he's a junior in college. The time just flies by fast. So you have to enjoy every moment. Don't miss opportunities. One of the biggest regrets that I see parents face today is missing opportunities that could have happened or that they should have been there for. You may be, uh, maybe it's your kids playing in a sports game. They have a, they have a game they have to play in and you can't make it because you have to work or whatnot. That could be 
the best game of your child's life and you missed it because you have to work. I understand we all have jobs we have to do. I understand we have commitments we have to be at, but you need to have some sort of support there for your child. Uh, I have I have coached sports for over 20 years, uh, youth sports for over 20 years, including at the high school level, varsity high school level for many years. And one of the biggest frustrations I have as a coach, because I'm a dad and a dad that's been all in with my, you know, all involved with my boys is coaching players that have parents that I've never met, never met because they don't come to practices, they don't come to games, they don't show up to anything. Um, I feel bad for those parents because they're missing an opportunity to really bond with their child and enjoy the life that their child is living and the things that their child is doing. So um, any advice that I would give to dads out there, it would be one thing and that's that that's don't miss opportunities, be it everything that you can possibly be at. And if you can't be there, Make sure somebody is, whether it's your spouse, a grandparent, you know, their uncle, their aunt, their cousins, whatever it is, uh, make sure somebody's there to support them because you don't want to miss out on these opportunities that come up because it goes by so fast, so fast. Well, and it's, it's also the, I mean, when you look back, I don't know if you went through this, you talked about your parents a little bit, but like, that was one of the things my brother and I talk about this a lot. And we've, I probably should bring this up to my dad again. But like he was a workaholic, and I'm sure he would admit that if if he was on this call, um, that he just worked a lot. And I, well, by the way, he provided for us, and and I I'm very appreciative of that. But one of the things that uh, kind of the negative of that is he was never at you know any of our games. Now we played like uh, basketball and stuff, which he he coached and, and those type of things. But like one of the big things was our golf. Uh, my brother and I both played in the high school golf team, and we just wanted our dad to show up to like you know, one of the golf match. And he showed up, I think in three years of me playing on the team to one golf match. And that's something I'm telling the story today. I'm gonna be 40 years old in a couple of weeks. Like I, I remember that. And, but mm-hmm. the re- the way I'm, the reason I'm telling that story is that's one of the things I made a commitment when I was, you know, having a, a child was that I am never missing anything that he does because I know how I felt. One, I don't want to miss as a parent because I love seeing him, you know, do the thing that he loves to do. But also it's like, I know how I felt when my dad wasn't there and I really don't want that for him. So I don't know if that's part yeah. of it, you know, for, for the missing opportunities on the parent, but also really the kid that, that affects them a lot more than we think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's how I grew up. My, my, my dad uh, taught me how to play baseball and all that, but he never coached anything that I did. And I can count on one hand how many games, because I, I played baseball, I played basketball, I wrestled, I swam, I was on the water polo team. I can count on one hand how many events or games my parents came to. Now, that's not a knock on them. They had to work. They had jobs. They had to do. They were blue-collar workers, so they had they were working long hours. Uh, they just couldn't come to anything. I used to ride to practices and games with my friend's parents because I didn't have a ride. So... I knew at a very young age that I wasn't going to allow that to happen when I had kids. Um, but it, you know, it, it frustrates me because parents don't understand that when your child is playing, let's they're playing, you know, sports, they're in a game or like you said, a golf match, you know, they look out and they see the fans. They don't care about all those fans. They want to see their family. They want to see their parents. They want to see somebody that they know uh, that they're close to watching them. They don't care about anybody else that are in the stands. They don't. They want to see mom and dad. And 
that's something that I just wasn't going to allow to happen with my boys. And we just, we didn't miss, we just didn't miss. And I coached, I coached them for a reason. I coached them so I could be a part of their lives, bond with them and enjoy what they were doing. So that's the reasons why I coached. And I coached, like I said, from there, they were four years old all the way up through high school. I coached their sports, their, their teams that they were on. Yeah. But um, yeah, just don't, don't miss. Cause, cause it goes by fast and, and you're going to miss an opportunity there that, man, you calling up little Johnny and going, Hey buddy, I'm sorry. I missed your game, bud. How did it go? You know, I had to work, but how did it go? Oh my gosh, dad, I've never made a three pointer today. I made a three pointer for the first time in my life. I can't believe I did it. It was so good, but you missed it. Yeah. You missed it. So, yeah, that's that regrets a tough pill to swallow, especially as you look back and you're like, God, I could have been there again. As you said, there's and there's sometimes circumstances you can't. I get it. Um, everyone's mm -hmm. in a different situation. But, yeah, making the attempt to at least show up, because I think the kids understand if you if you have 20 games in a season and you show up to 13 of them, they get it. Like sometimes you can't mm -hmm. make it to some, but it's being there for the majority of them or at least being there to support them, I think, is the most important, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Brian, a lot of fun, man. Um, we're a data podcast. Anything mm -hmm. else? Where can people say hello to you? Where, where, what watering holes are you in on, on the social side? <laughs> social media, I'm all over the place. Uh, data podcast on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Uh, you can find me under my name uh, on Facebook. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under my name. Uh, I'm on TikTok under data podcast. I mean, I have Twitter, but I don't use Twitter that much. Uh, but yeah, all the social media sites, you can find me there, either my name or data podcast. Uh, obviously my web website is, um, dataptribe.com. Uh, and yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm active on social media. So if you send me a message, you know, you send me a DM on Instagram, I'll respond unless it's a weird message. I don't respond to those, right. but if it's a regular message, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, any, any of those places is good. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.